0: Love,
1: talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Talking in Circles. I am Clayton Caldwell, Philip Matthew, and Spencer Cowan. Tonight we're going to discuss the Folds of Honor's Quick Trip 500 from Atlanta Motor Speedway. We'll preview all three NASCAR events from Atlanta this week, and we'll also review uh, the Cup Series event from Bristol Motor Speedway and the Xfinity Series event from Bristol Motor Speedway. And talk about a new track to NASCAR schedule for twenty twenty one, Nashville Super Speedway. We'll also discuss the latest announcement for the NASCAR schedule here in twenty twenty and what does it mean moving forward? Give us a call, not seven one eight nine three seven sorry. Give us a call. Nine one seven, eight eight nine eight two eight zero. That's Zimmer, the number to call here on Talking Circles tonight. Um also, we're going to give you a quick starting lineup uh, for Atlanta for the Cup Series race. That was uh, revealed today. It was a random draw. We'll talk about that a little bit later on when we're previewing Atlanta Motor Speedway. But the first thing I want to get to, guys, is um, Bristol Motor Speedway, the, rate, the running of the uh, Supermarket Heroes 500 presented by Food City um, from Bristol Motor Speedway. Brad Keselowski ended up in victory lane, but really it was a race that um, featured – Another strong performance by Chase Elliott, but it was Joey Logano who had a lead in the closing stages, and Chase um, just tried to pass Joey Logano there and just drove over drove the corners. slid up into the uh, number 22 Ford. Both cars went into the outside wall. Took them both out, set first and second wreck. The third-place car, Brad Keselowski, drove right on by and went into victory lane. Uh, Clint Boyer was second, then it was Jimmy Johnson, Kyle Busch, Eric Jones, the rest of the top ten was Austin Dillon, Kurt Busch, William Byron, Christopher Bell, and Bubba Wallace, a solid night for him, uh, finishing in the top ten. We'll start with with Spencer this time. What did you think of um, the race from Bristol Motor Speedway and Brad Keselowski's second win of the year?
2: Yeah, I thought it was a pretty exciting race. Uh, Bristol always makes for great racing in short tracks. You got some beating and banging, um, a little bit of disagreeing, and um, and that's what makes it fun. You know, it's you know that track uh, produces some really good racing. And um, but yeah, I thought it was a um, an exciting finish. You know, your lap traffic played uh, a lot there in the last couple laps, and the whole thing at the end with Chase and Logano. Um, I just look at it as Chase has a win and, you know, he's, he's secure. He knows that his shot of going to win a championship is locked in and he can compete for that, um, when the playoff starts and, um, you know, then Brad coming with his second win, um, you know, that's huge for there, you know, with his contract running up at Penske, there's no telling what this might uh, do for um, that deal over there, whether that makes him stay or, you know, but, you know, that still plays a big part in that he's winning and, um, you know, Roger, you know, I don't really see him, you know, letting go of a guy that still hasn't still bringing uh trophies to the, to the shop. And, um, so, you know, that's, that's big for him. Uh, this is, you know, even though he has the win, he has the championships to show it, but this is a year for him. Um, so yeah, another win for him. Uh, you know, like I said, there, you know, Chase has a, was really fast again. You know, Chevy's found something, and you know they need, you know, if they keep it up, they can have a tremendous year, um, a tremendous, tremendous year, and possibly walk away with the big trophy there at the end. Um, but yeah, you know, um, good racing there at the end, a little beat and bang in arguments that on pit road, and that's that's what Bristol brings. And I thought it was a great race.
1: It was. was. I mean, there's no question. I mean, there were 17 cautions now. Four of them were uh, mandatory, with the two competition cautions and the two stage breaks. But still, a lot of carnage here, Philip. You know, one particularly one wreck. There was uh, Ryan Blaney, who just seems to really can't get a break. But you know, to me, he's sort of in the same boat as Chase Elliott right now. And I know Chase has had the fastest car here the last four weeks. He's only really capitalized with one win. But you know, two of them weren't his fault. But you know, still it, it seems like Blaney and Chase are sort of in the same boat where everybody's really waiting for them to rattle off a lot of wind and they, they haven't for whatever reason Blaney just kind of lost control of his car uh, and you know had had terminal, pretty much terminal damage there uh, and, and uh, went to the garage and was done for the day um, a tough day for him you know what else stood out to you Philip, uh, about that race at Bristol Motor Speedway um, certainly a lot of Drivers who needed a good run, Bubba Wallace, Christopher Bell, uh, John
0: Hanimacek, Ryan Priest, who had good runs. What else stood out to you from Bristol? Yeah, I mean, you have Blaney going and having those problems. Uh, He was driving hard. It's Blaney where he's up front and then he might push a little too hard, makes a mistake, and Ty Dillon couldn't back off fast enough or avoid him or whatever and looked off his front end. Unfortunate incident for the 12 car and uh, Ty Dillon as well. I would I'd also look at the the racing in general. The fact that you had the 750 rules package back for the first time in a while, and you had a green racetrack. They would go and blow off the top groove. In between the stage breaks, so but then after that second stage break, they left it alone, which allowed for two group race, racing, which was actually nice. It was uh, an opportunity for different drivers to make things happen, to come from the back, and actually get up front and do something. When you consider that the top two of the top three were in the mid 20s. At the start of the race, and Boyer and Johnson, that shows that you're able to actually make moves and use some strategy and kind of do what you have to do, which is what you would want in terms of race, if You look at it. the Toyotas were did work in terms of Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin leading 231 laps between the two of them. Of course, Denny Hamlin got involved uh, with in an incident, hit the wall with the uh, chase and all before the final incident, which determined a victory for Brad. But all those guys are up there. You look at where we're at now early in the season, you see Brad has two wins. Logano has two wins and could have had three. Hamlin was going for his third win. Jordan I was going for his second win of the year. You kind of re- recognize that these are some of the people that we're going to have to look at as we get towards the end of this season. I think one thing that was kind of shocking and surprising was Alex Bowman, who's had a great run so far this year, really was a non-factor before he got involved in the actions that took him out. He was not a factor all day. And then when you consider the 24-car, 48-car, and the 9-roll up front, most for a good portion of the day, um, that's kind of surprising that Bowman, who's been there, yeah, especially at the one-and-a-half mile, range, wasn't able to uh, do anything at Bristol. We have to watch as we go to other 750 racetracks and see if that continues to be for sure. and, uh,
1: a threat. Sure, Sherry. And another mile-and-a-half track come up this weekend at Atlanta. It's going to be a very interesting race. I'm going to tell you why I think this race is so important for the season. I feel like this is almost the beginning of – a new uh, section of this um, pandemic racing that we've seen, where no practice, no qualifying. I feel like this is almost like a round two. We just saw round one with all those groups of races there. Now we got a little bit of a break here for a week, and then we're gonna go ramp it up again. Um, Anything else stood out to you, Spencer, from the Cup Series race at Bristol? I know uh, again a lot of wrecks, and that was great to see. I thought it was a two-two race racetrack, probably the best race we've seen at Bristol since uh Green Smith decided to play race track racetrack designer and uh widen the racetrack and sort of changed old Bristol uh, to the new one that we have. Um but hey, it it came down to a, a late race accident, a lot of a lot of wrecks, some bigger name drivers, Bowman we mentioned, uh Blaney we mentioned, Tyler Reddick had some issues. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was having a solid day before he got had his issues. Um what else stood out to you, Spencer? Uh, from this weekend in the Cup Series race at Bristol Motor Speedway?
2: Nothing really in particular stood out to me. Um, the only thing that really stood out to me is drivers like uh, John Hunter. You know, he had a, another good run. Um, and He's doing a phenomenal job in that race car. Um, and, you know, it's nice to see, you know, smaller teams like that. And as hard as Bob Jenkins wor- uh, works over there and that whole um, organization, as hard as they work, I've been to the race shop and, um, it's a pretty nice race shop and it's a real organized race shop, you know, and um you can just every you know, everybody's there was so nice, greet I mean, what you need over there and that's what makes a good race team and um I just wanted to give a shout out to him I guess for another great run. Um, you know, he's not he I think he's he's not that far back um in the standings, so you know, if he, you never know, he could go to Daytona and Talladega and win and knocked him in the playoffs, but I just recognized him. Um, you know, I was sitting there watching and going, wow, he's really doing good in that race car. Um, Skag Mowers has come on as a sponsor with him, and that's probably helped that team out a little bit. So uh, congrats to him and that whole team over there. Yeah, listen, front row has been, t- been great. Um, John Hunter, no
1: doubt, you know, he came in to the pandemic 26th in points. Right now he's 20th a ninth, a 35th place finish at Darlington, which hurt them, but 16th, 13th, and 13th. Listen, I, I've been a fan of that of a driver who's been in with that organization I think, what was it, eight of the last 10 years, uh, and trust me, those not really, really good runs for that organization, and, and he's in a decent spot in points. I'm going to be curious to see if they can continue this after this little bit of a lull we have in his schedule, um, but listen, he's, he's been tremendous. He deserves all the credit in the world. That 38 car has really, really performed well. Um, Seth Barber's been done a great job there as well. The the crew chief over there on that 38 car and uh, he deserves a lot of credit. There's no question about it. Um, Can they keep it up? Again, I want to wait till Atlanta to kind of explain why I'm a little bit, uh, I might think that, that these bigger teams might catch up to the field a little bit here and we might see it be something, um, you know, where they, uh, bigger teams just take advantage of the race more, but something that, that hasn't been mentioned you know, with no practice. And I think front row almost benefits from that because that's where they always seem to lose out. I remember years, years again, I've been a drive, fan of a driver who's that, with that organization for years. And, you know, first practice session, the first time they go out there, they might put up a, a top 20 lap time and you're like, hey, this could be the week. And then all of a sudden as practice goes on, they start to drop, they start to drop, they start to drop because these bigger teams work on their race cars. They get the engineers plugged in, looking at these cars going, why are we so far down on the charts? They don't have that Luxury anymore, these bigger teams um, And I think it really is a benefit to front Row motorsports, so that's why I'm really Curious to see what happens at Atlanta Motor Speedway, but that wasn't the only race At Bristol Motor Speedway This weekend, it was a NASCAR Xfinity Series Event as well, uh, it was the Shedders 300 presented by Osco um, Now look Gregson with the victory landing some drama in that race up. Uh, Gregson, it was, was Battling with teammate Justin Allgaier with about three laps to go uh, and body slammed him uh, and, and went into victory lane. Geyer, who really had a strong car. I think those were the two best cars of the day, both Gregson and Allgaier. Um, you know, body slammed him to put Allgaier in the outside wall, and uh, Gregson was in victory lane. Um, I know we discussed this a little bit last night, but uh, how about what were your thoughts on, on that? I know there were some people who felt like maybe he raced his teammate too hard, but there's also that, realization that, listen, with two laps to go, it kind of anything goes. Um, it doesn't matter if it's if a you, teammate. If you see the win there, you've got to go for it. Uh, what were your thoughts on the Gregson and Nolgaier situation?
0: Yeah, I wasn't surprised, I, Because of who Noah Gregson has shown himself to be over time and the way he drives, it doesn't surprise me that he use up a teammate. He's done it before when he was in truck series. He's done it. it's just part of his M.O. He's done it to win late model races. It's who he is. So you know what you're going to get with him. You're going to get these moments of brilliance where he comes through after a year last year where he was not that great. And considering the nine had been a factor in the championship the last few years with the drivers they had before Gregson and he didn't perform. This year, he wins Daytona, albeit it's a crapshoot at Daytona. And then this race, he wins. He led 55 laps. It wasn't by accident that he was up there. Of course, Allgaier led the most laps. And when you consider was really three guys, it was those two in Harris and Burton that dominated. Indian Gregson had a chance. He, the fact he couldn't pass them clean does not surprise me. Will it come back to bite him? It depends, because I'm sure that Ashley Allgaier probably wrote some tweet about how much that Nojek is an idiot or something. Probably, uh, you know, Allgaier probably is getting mad. He's a little, little short guy He's going to get really mad. He's like Tom. He's going to get to the point where he's like Tommy Ellis. He's going to rage because he's been close to winning. I don't know how many of these races this year, and he hasn't been able to come through. So you would wonder when that's going to happen. I would think now with the cash for cash starting, finally uh-huh. we get rid of the Kyle Bushes of the world, it'll be an opportunity to, to finally uh, close the deal, but it would also open up to the Chase Briscoes, the Harrison Burtons of the world that are also the British community.
1: Yeah,
0: listen, there's no doubt Gregson.
1: To me, he's a guy who uh, is very, very aggressive. And you know, earlier in the year before we went into the, the break for the COVID-19, he took out uh, Myatt Snyder. Uh, I believe it was Vegas or somewhere around there. Yeah. And, you know, uh, the only thing I'm going to say about that is you, when you would start to do that, somebody's going to pay you back. And so I don't want to hear Gregson go and, and get upset if somebody pays him back and, and races him hard because now you've kind of opened up that can of worms. You know, I'm not saying he's wrong. There's certain styles out there that, you know, if you want to lay on, that's fine. Totally, totally fine if you want to do that. I don't mind it as long as you don't complain. Like when Ricky Rudd got in the Dale Earnhardt in '89 at North Wilkesboro and said Ricky Rudd should be suspended for the rest of the year. It's like, well, what are you talking about? Um, you yeah. know. And so, to me, as long as you don't sit there and say, "I have a problem because he's he's racing me too hard." You kind of opened up that box, and again, if you want to do that, I mean, Chastain has gotten kind of a, re- a reputation for being aggressive, but Ross owns it. Ross is like, "Yeah, I'm aggressive. Of course, I'm aggressive," and I think people respect him for that. Um, and you know, I don't think you ever hear Ross. I don't think I've ever heard Ross say the guy's racing me too hard because that's the way he races, and he expects to be raced that that way, and that's a good thing. So I guess that's my point: is I don't want to hear him the rest of the year or so, come out and say, "Oh, they wrecked me," or get, get upset because. He's kind of opened up that box. Nine one seven eight eight nine eight two eight zero. How about you, Spencer? Uh, Bristol Motor Speedway NASCAR Xfinity Series race. Um, a tough day for Bruce Castane there, as well. In fact, early on in that event, uh, blown a right front tire. you know, and uh, a tough day for him. But there were some guys in there throughout the field. Uh, Brandon Brown, I look at, in eighth. Jeremy Clement, or Brandon Brown in seven, I should say. Jeremy Clement's in eighth. Josh Williams, and McLeod on the nice B.J. McLeod had a big day. Vinny Miller had a nice day. Even Joe Groff Jr., which I don't know how the heck he did that, 13th. Um, what did you take away from this Xfinity Series race, Spencer? And, and do you have any thoughts on the Gregson and uh, Allgaier situation?
2: Yeah, I'll touch on that real quick. Um... Yeah, you mentioned. Um, and that's not the first time he's wrecked a teammate. He's dumped Todd. Uh I forget what road course it was, maybe Canadian, I don't remember which one it was. Yeah, um anyways it was, it anyways, was, it was last I'm season. Yeah, in the last corner he wrecked him and uh and so he's he's got that aggressive mentality and you mentioned um, you know, it like with Ross, you know, he expects to be raced back hard and That's why he races hard. And, you know, you can ask any driver, you can ask Joe Legano he's come out, you know, when he uh, was getting a bad rep there for a little bit. He goes, I'm aggressive, and you got to be to win these races. You really have to be aggressive to win these races. You have to stay on a guy's door. You have to hold him back. Um, With Kyle getting a little upset about Ross being on his door there at Charlotte, listen, you are battling for the lead. I got news for you. If I'm driving a race car, I'll be damned if I'm going to let you just pass me for the lead. No. If your car is better than me, well, I got to do everything I can to keep you behind me. You know, this, you are in the top rides in NASCAR, Xfinity and Cup. You know, you're there because of a reason. And, you know, these, this isn't designed. You don't get hired to let guys pass you. They're racing for sponsors. They're racing for points. They're racing for stage wins. I mean, everything. And, you know, for guys to sit here and say, you race me too hard, I I I don't understand that. I cringe. I want to it kind of takes me off when I hear guys say that because that's not racing. You don't let guys pass you. Um, but Noah, you know, if, you know, he can definitely have uh, one come back uh, on him for sure. Um, you know, he's done it a few times we just mentioned. And, um, you know, he's going to open up a can of worms and somebody's going to pay him back when the time's right. They're not just going to wreck him at old, any old Kansas Speedway, just a normal race. No, if he's in the playoffs, you know, they can retaliate then and really ruin his year. So you gotta you gotta you gotta really pick and choose your battles. You gotta watch who you race aggressive with. You know, you can do it to the wrong guy and he'll he'll have no like Kyle Bush, he has no problem turning you. And uh Gregson's just gotta kinda watch out. Um but for Bristol and the Xfinity race, my you know, my day ended pretty quick. Um another bad day. Um hope some luck turns around in the truck race here at Atlanta Saturday. Uh, But, yeah, some guys had some really good finishes, small teams. Um, You know, Vinny Miller, you mentioned he was running, you know, pretty good. You know, I think he made it around ninth at one point, battling with some big teams, you know, top-tier teams in the sport. And that's always cool to see small guys like that get up and get some TV exposure and their name mentioned. And um, I like seeing that. So that's pretty cool that, you know, because you don't need the fastest car at Bristol. You just have to have a good turning car in the the corners. And, you know, a lot of them guys, you know, they – probably had that because they were up there for a little bit but a lot of guys wrecked out but it's not about where you start how you got there it's where you finish and that's all that matters so um good job by a lot of them guys that you mentioned yeah and listen there was no doubt it was a race that was
1: uh saw a lot of attrition so did the cup race but it's it's capitalizing on those opportunities and sometimes you know you deserve credit for staying out of the wall when everybody else is in the wall um and so yeah those there's no doubt it was a lot of um, attrition, and they sort of, a lot of those guys got their positions, you know, Jeffrey Earnhardt, 15th, we didn't hear from him all day, he was two laps down, you know, he got kind of got those spots because of the high attrition rate, but he deserves some credit because he didn't wreck the car when everybody else did, so uh, certainly a, a, um, a race that a lot of these these smaller teams really, really, really capitalized on um, from the extremely race, and quick looking at the points there, uh, it's Briscoe leads then it's Gregson, Harrison Burton, Justin Allgaier, Ross Chastain, your top five. Uh, and I'll go through through to 12th, and we're going to go 12 full-time drivers because Hemrick right now is 11th, and he's not eligible for playoffs. So it's uh, Sindrick in sixth, and it's Brandon Jones, Justin Haley, Ryan Sieg, Riley Herbst, Brandon Brown, and Michael Annette uh, right now as the playoffs would stand um, if we uh, the season ended today, but we still have a long way to go. So another announcement came out this week. um about a new track heading to the NASCAR Cup Series schedule here in 2021, we've heard a lot of, of noise about the Nashville market over the last year or two here, and uh, really everybody kind of pointed and said, "Well, let's go to um, the fairgrounds because the fairgrounds race short track is an unbelievable racetrack. Uh, it, it provides great racing, and it, Nashville's a hot market. Let's go there." You know, and I've had a, a couple of people toss to me the super speedway there in Nashville, which is just sitting there by Dover Motorsports, And I've kind of said, eh, God, the racing there has been awful. Um, it's a, it's a 1.3 mile track. Why would we want to go there to another 1.3 mile racetrack? Yet here we are in 2021 going to a 1.3 mile racetrack in Nashville from the super speedway. Um, you know, Philip, I just think, and I, and I know we went into detail last night and I know I was very, very vocal on Twitter about this. Um, but this is how I truly feel about it. To me, this is a – just reminds me so much of the early 2000s where we went to racetracks and big markets, boring racetracks in big markets, trying to trying to make it sell, trying to make our sport sell. Say, listen, we're going to sell this sport. We're going to go to the Los Angeles area for Fontana. We're going to give them two dates, and the sport's going to sell. Well, the racing was horrible at Fontana. Now we got one date there. Oh, we're going to go into Chicagoland. It caught on for a little bit. Now it's eh. – you know, it's just to me is why we've gotten into trouble with this schedule because we have too many mile-and-a-half tracks, too many tracks that we can't move from because we built racetracks. And I understand not pulling a date completely from Fontana because you put all that money into that racetrack. That's fine. I'm not saying you should pull a date from there because it's stupid to build a racetrack and then 20 years later just leave it abandoned. Um, but I always thought that we would learn from that mistake. We would learn saying, listen, the schedule terrible. Let's not – do that again yet here we are philip made the same mistake again um and i don't want to and spencer i want you to know this too i don't want to sway you guys opinion in any way um but just lay lay it out there what did you think i'll go to philip first what did you think about the nashville super speedway announcement uh when that came out the other day about it getting a cup date for
0: 2021 First of all, I didn't know that they, the place was still uh, open or, rel- or, or available. I mean, I, I know they haven't had a race there in 10 years, and when they race there next June, it'll be 10 years since the last time they had a race. Uh, that was one thing. The next thing was, being that we're in the Tri-State you know, the area, there's very few racetracks in our area that have races. And Dover, for whatever you want to say about Dover, um, has been there for years, has been a supporter of the sport for a few days. And for many years, they would sell out both of those dates. And through uh, NASCAR's great rules packages that they come up with and Badger coming up with their amazing uh, tires that they, they've done for decades. Uh the racing there has become progressively worse. And so it became a sacrificial lamb, so to speak. Uh, SMI, as per usual, does their thing where they sacrifice something else. They did it with North Wilkesboro. They killed North Wilkesboro and sent a race to Texas, and Bob Bear took the hit for it. Uh, then because he went and took one race in New Hampshire. Then they sacrificed some other track, and they they they, they, they sacrificed Rockingham for date. They, they're they connected to that. Now Dover's the next one in their list. Uh, National Super Speedway, I'm a, I'm a Brad guy, of course. Brad won his first Xfinity race there, or Bush race, whatever it was at that point in 2008, for Junior Motorsports and the Navy car. That race wasn't any good. Uh, virtually, I can't remember any race at New Han- at, at at National Super Speedway that was actually interesting, uh, whether it was an IndyCar race, an Xfinity, or a truck race. I can't remember one. All all I all I remember about National Super Speedway is Brad won his first Bush race there, Pastor Nels did his funny invocation, and Kyle Busch smashed the guitar. Those are the three things I remember when I think about National Super Speedway. That and it's a concrete track that has one. And when you when you look at the racing we have today at cookie cutter racetracks uh, over one mile, I think the rules are over one mile racetracks. They have the 550 package, and you put that with a very flat, virtually flat, oval with one groove. Uh, the term "snooze fest" uh, comes to mind, and yeah, of course, Toyota has. They're one of their factories in Tennessee, so it's convenient because NASCAR and Toyota are in bed together. But unless you're going to get every employee that works at that plant you're going to get them three tickets, you're, you're going to be lucky to sell out that place. Now, we talked about it yesterday. My buddy said he was going to be there. He was there for every race, and God bless him. He's a, a diehard fan. But there aren't many like it, and I don't care where you're racing. You can't make it just on diehard thing. You have to be mm-hmm. able to market to the LCD and you have to market the other aspects. And based on that, you're going to be able to draw. And I don't buy that they're going to be able to draw. It's just a trial balloon. And honestly, it's a trial balloon that, even if it works, I don't see the long-term gain of going to another cookie-cutter race If If the... If we could be guaranteed that fairgrounds is gonna be refurbished and everything's gonna be good and within net by the following year we're going to fairgrounds that'd be one thing. This is a four year deal. We're going here for four years. Which means yep. we're gonna be stuck with this crappy racetrack in the middle of nowhere. And and it's another crappy racetrack that Darrell Waltrips Darryl has something to do with so it makes sense. Both of his terrible racetracks, they have from on the cup schedule, and they draw, they
1: barely draw. Put on bad race, so it's kind of all good. Yeah, I, I, uh, I have a lot of that, Philip. I really do, and and that's my fear is that, um, you know, and here's the other thing too, and I, and I'm gonna give uh, Spencer's opinion on this in a little bit. Um, you know, the 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 mantra of if you show up and support a racetrack, you'll get a date. That, I mean, I don't know how that's people can say that with a straight face anymore because fans didn't support Nashville super speedway and the trucks and Xfinity series when they ran there 10, 10, years ago, they just didn't show up, you know? And I remember looking at it going, Oh my gosh, that's all the people shown there for a Bush race. I'm like, what else could they build those seats for? Because the Bush series should be the best, like the most premier series to go there. Why would they not? And it's just, you know, in a race. And then I sat and watched, races there and i went oh my gosh so that's why nobody shows up it's awful um and i'm gonna try listen if it gets me national super or national fairgrounds in four years us I'll, I'll take it
0: um but I, i'm not optimistic that's what that's
1: going to do um and so spencer after all that and after what we gave our opinion really kind of um you know hammered it here what were your thoughts i mean again you're i'm not sure exactly what you remember from Nashville Super Speedway, You're a lot younger than we are, and uh, you were younger when they ran there in the Xfinity Truck Series. Um, but what were your thoughts when they ran when you heard that NASCAR was adding a date to the Nashville Superspeedway?
2: First, I was I was kind of shocked a little bit. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, I in 2011, I you know I'm almost 22 now, and I think I was 13 back in 2011, maybe somewhere around there. So I don't really remember a whole lot. Um, uh, I, when I think of national Speedway, I think of, uh, the pastor doing his, like Philip said, his, um, you know, his talking on stage and made everybody laugh. Um, but yeah, I don't really remember much. And there's a, you know, I've seen a lot on Twitter that, you know, everybody's not too happy about going there. And, the, you know, I got a tweet right here. This is coming from the most popular driver itself. He says one su- one snooze fest at that joint will, will put the nail in the coffin of the old fairgrounds. Bummer. So, I mean... Hey, you know, everybody's saying the racing is terrible there. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, I, I can't even sit here and tell you, you know, much about it. Yeah. I don't remember watching races there on TV. Um, I'm sure I did just don't remember them. Um, so yeah, you know, we'll just have to see, you know, I always say, you know, having a change is cool and, you know, maybe they might draw a good crowd, you know, the first couple of years back since it hasn't been on the schedule, um, in a couple, you know, in a decade, I guess, um, so who knows, you know, we'll have to go there and see how it runs. Um, you know, it you know, if it was terrible then, you know, it's probably going to be really bad now. Um, the track is sat there in the sun, the way it's weathered. So there's no telling um, you know, how the racing could be, you know, a lot can happen. I mean, we see a track sitting in the, you know, Homestead beaten in the sun for a year and the crew chief says the track's way different than their notebook from the previous year. So imagine 10 years sitting in the sun and all that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess the first race would be Kind of fun to watch because I don't remember watching one, but I, I'm not really the guy to sit here and ask what do I think about the racing because I I don't I don't remember, so um, we'll just have to see.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair take. And listen, I could totally be proved wrong. I could sit there and say next year, hey, that was a great race at Nashville, um, but it just to me, um, I, I don't. I'm sorry, I just. Uh, I I want the fairground so bad, and the fact that we haven't added a short track to the Cup schedule since 1971 is concerning to me, especially when you have a a group of fans who sit here and tell you every year that we want more short tracks. You watch a tremendous race at Bristol, and all you see on on Facebook and Twitter is more short tracks, hashtag more short tracks. And then that week, they announced that they're going to bring another 1.3-mile racetrack to the schedule. You're like, are you kidding me? So uh, hopefully um, that is... You know, it gets us national super uh, national fairgrounds in a little bit. Um, announcement today, guys, about additional races to the schedule for both for all three series and really the ARCA series too, if you're interested in that. But we we really care about the three major series here in in NASCAR. Um, so as far as Cup was concerned, um, the schedule there was. Um, we had already announced up to Talladega. So, if you're not familiar with the schedule, we just ran Bristol. We're going to run Atlanta on Sunday. Then we're going to go on the following Wednesday on the 10th of June and go to Martinsville. Then we were then we're going to run Homestead Miami Speedway, and then they're going to go to Talladega Super Speedway on June 21st. That was it for the Cup Series. They have now announced all the way through August 2nd for the Cup Series, and as well as additional races. Um, for the NASCAR Xfinity and Truck Series, and, and again, I said ARCA Menard Series. So, uh, Friday, June 26th, that's all four series starting that day. All four series are going to run at Pocono Raceway. Uh, ARCA runs on Friday, June 26th, and it's the Truck Series on Saturday, June 27th. Cup runs, again, a 325-mile race at Pocono on Saturday, it's, it, remember, Pocono had already announced a doubleheader weekend this season. They're going to continue that. Um, a, a Xfinity Series race on Sunday, a 225-mile event, and then uh, followed by another 350-mile cup race on that Sunday. That's the 28th of June. July 4th weekend, Xfinity Series and Cup Series. Xfinity runs a 150-mile race at Indianapolis. Cup runs a 400-mile race at Indianapolis. I know I'm excited, too. Uh Thursday, July 9th, Xfinity Series. They run back-to-back days, Thursday, July 9th, and Friday, July 10th, NASCAR Xfinity Series 200 and a 300-mile event uh, at Kentucky Speedway. Saturday, July 11th, the Truck Series at Kentucky Speedway. Sunday, July 12th, Cup at Kentucky Speedway. Something I'm really looking forward to, just because it's a a Wednesday night, uh, is there's an Arkham Menards race on at 4 o'clock on Wednesday, July 15th. But then you've got the All-Star Race, the Open, and then the actual All-Star Race on, on that night as well, July 15th. The Open starts at 7 o'clock. The All-Star Race is going to get, they say 8.30, it's probably getting more like close to 9.30 uh, for the All-Star Race. Then they go to Texas, all, all three series, the, Saturday, both extended trucks on Saturday, Cup on Sunday. Then it's Kansas again, two Cup races, uh, excuse me, a Cup race on July 23rd, excuse me there, and then a truck race, and then an the ARCA race on, on July 24th, and then Saturday, July 25th, truck race again, and then an Xfinity Series race again, and then Sunday, August 2nd, just Cup at New Hampshire Motor Speedway, and that's where we're at right now. I know it kind of is a lot. You got to break it down and look at it, and if you're seeing there, you look at it. But I kind of want to get your guys' takes, just a real quick take from each of you on what you what was the most interesting thing you saw. Uh, I'll start with you, uh, Philip. What was the most interesting thing you saw about this schedule here uh, for 2020, their, their next couple of races they've announced all the way through August? A lot of the changes. You know, Texas kind of thrown in there in July, which is really different. The All-Star Race on a Wednesday. Um, you know, you've got a lot of different events. Um, what are your thoughts on Pocono there, of course, the 100 Weekend? What are your thoughts on, on the schedule announcement we just saw and if there's anything that stands out to you?
0: Yeah, I think they emphasize Kentucky Speedway and Kansas Speedway, which are uh, considered probably two of the not uh, two of the lesser, you know, less exciting tracks that we go to on the circuit. Of course, when you consider the political aspect of it, with the uh, ISD and SMI, uh, they probably are trying to figure out ways to go and if they're not going to have any fans anyway and they canceled other races at other affiliated tracks. I, I find that to be interesting that they're emphasizing uh, those two-race tracks which aren't known for putting on great action. And uh, when it comes to the Cup Series with the 550 rules package and it's not really being all that great, and going to those two race tracks, I, I find it interesting, to say the least. At least with the Xfinity series at Indianapolis, it'll be on the road course. So that at least is going to be a different uh, race, a different challenge. And my personal bias, besides with Tony Stewart returning to a stock car. But um, I, I think the, the emphasis on Kentucky and Kansas in the uh, – on the on circuit where cookie-cutter racetracks have not provided great action, I find that quite interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of races in
1: there that uh, a lot of cookie-cutter racetracks. That is the one thing that stands out to me about that schedule for sure is is there's a lot of cookie-cutter racetracks, and particularly the truck series, who we don't really see run or, you know, when you think about the trucks, you don't really think about mile-and-a-half racetracks. It's more of a it was born as a short track series, but that's all they're running yeah. is mile-and-a-half racetracks. So even since we've come back from the pandemic, you know, we were in Charlotte, and then we're going to run uh, Atlanta this week, and then Homestead. Then the trucks have Pocono, which is a little bit different. But uh, then it's Kentucky, then it's Texas, then it's Kansas, and then it's Kansas again. And you're like, where are my short tracks for these truck series? I know Iowa's kind of canceled the events there. But there's no truck race at Martinsville. We have run Martinsville already. We haven't run a truck race at Richmond yet. So these short tracks um, are going away for the truck series, which is kind of odd. Um, another interesting thing, and before I get Spencer's opinion on it, is something we haven't really seen in a long time is NBC is going to start their season before um, Fox ends their season. So FS1 is going to host um, a lot of races in July NBC is going to start their season with Indianapolis. The uh, road course Xfinity series race in Indianapolis on July 4th and the Indianapolis cup race on July 5th are going to be on NBC. And then it's F it's Fox all the way through to the all-star race in Charlotte. Then it's the Xfinity series race uh, starts on NBC again on July 18th. So we kind of go, go from Fox to NBC back to Fox back to NBC um Kind of surprising there. We haven't seen that in a long time, you know, back since really the late nineties, early two thousand there where um a lot of races were on a lot of different networks. But um that's something that stands out too. But Spencer, what stood out to you? Anything that kind of surprised you about this uh these these batch of races NASCAR announced here. Yeah, not nothing too uh
2: odd but i think that having the all-star race you know i'm you know we're all so used to it being a week before the 600 and now it's you know going to be a few weeks after um or hell even way more than a few weeks actually um yeah that's kind of odd and i really noticed that the xfinity series is going to be kind of busy um you know in at kentucky you know they're having a, a day apart thursday and friday um yeah, it's just going to be a lot, a lot of racing, and you know that's that's what we like, so we can't complain. It's just going to make it really hard on these teams. Um, a lot of go, 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 and um, but yeah, I guess that's why they get the high dollar paychecks. And um, but it's it's you know I'm and back to the NBC and Fox thing. I honestly didn't even notice that until you mentioned that. Looking at the schedule that they brought out, but I'm trying to stay positive. You know, this coronavirus thing is kind of you know it's not as serious as it uh, was. Um, and but anything not to hear Fox. Uh, I'm sorry, Fox. I can't stand. I think they, um, Jeff Gordon's voice, he really just gets on my nerves, and I'm very, very <laughs> happy to hear. Um, and I, you know, I'm not taking away from his racing career or anything, but Fox is just, I, I don't know, something about them as they've gotten older. I really just realized that they're not that good. Um, uh, and I love NBC. I, you know, they used to always start the season at, daytona the July race or somewhere around there the week before, and I loved it. I think NBC yep. brings a lot of excitement. Um Steve Latart does a pretty decent job. Dale Jr makes it exciting. Just the whole NBC bunch is uh awesome with Marty Snyder and all them. So, um nothing too in particular on the the schedule. It's just going to be a lot of racing, but um you know, we've been away with it for without months until after, you know, these last couple weeks we had racing, but before that we were missing racing. So, uh, I guess we can't complain, so, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a lot of racing and a lot of checkered flags, and hopefully it's a lot of mixed winners and not the same guys winning, um, so we'll have to see. Yeah, that's what I'm going to co- coin the uh, mile-and-a-half portion of our schedule because there's a lot of them,
1: um, and it just shows you how lopsided the schedule is on a mile-and-a-half tracks because it just seems like they are filled there, and I know they got to run some of these races. There's no question, Kansas, Texas and Kansas Etc. you know, uh, and and we go to Charlotte again. And and I am interested to see how that all-star race works. Um, And if I like it better, you know, I kind of – to me, July is more of the middle of the year, which is kind of how at least baseball does it, basketball does it, hockey does it. Now, football does theirs at the end of the year. Um, But that sort of makes it interesting to say if, you know, if we kind of toyed with this idea here this year, is this something we could see in the future? In uh, all-star race in the middle of the year, how will that change the rules? You know, I kind of like the fact that um, they changed it over the, re- in the last couple of years. But I kind of like the fact where you know, if you'd won from last all-star race to this all-star race, eh, you were in. Um, and uh, if you put that in the middle of the year, you could do the same thing. Say, listen, he won. Oh, he won um, Dover in September, and he hasn't won since. But he's in the all-star race because he's still, you know, uh, he's didn't win since last Star race so he's in i kind of i really like that um i think this could be something we to toy with I, it was interesting to hear that they kind of thought about having it at bristol as well and with how much success we saw uh this weekend at bristol it would have really i think excited a lot of people ended up at charlotte again i think it's just easier on the teams there to go to their hometown racetrack with everything that's going on and we run a race at kentucky and then we go to texas right after that they put them at Charlotte when, so that made more sense. And I know Bristol's not a, a far hike at all, but still, um, you know, I am interested to see how that all plays out. That's really what I took from the schedule here, guys, the schedule announcement. is just kind of lopsided towards big-time um, big, big time racetracks and no real short tracks announcements. But, again, when you take out Iowa, and uh, there's no road courses really in there either. You don't see anything from Road America. Uh, you don't see anything from Mid-Ohio for the Xfinity Series. I'm sure they can run those in August, and that's probably going to be announced there. But it's just sort of, you know, a lot of of big time big I shouldn't say big time racetracks, but big racetracks, two miles and above uh, there. And really, to, to me, the thing that's really missing, and, and the thing that still is a little bit hurts me, is is not seeing that July Fourth race at Daytona International Speedway. But you know, I've kind of yeah. been very vocal you about me, that though. as well. Yes, nine one seven eight eight nine eight two eight zero. That's the number to call here. Tonight I'm talking in circles, uh, guys. Triple header weekend this weekend at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Trucks in Xfinity on Saturday, Cup Series race on Sunday. It's it's. Um, I'm really interested to see. Trucks have been only running three races this year. I'm really interested to see how that race plays out. Um, I know, unfortunately, we have um, Kyle Busch in the field, but you know, it's certainly going to. Um, it's certainly gonna be something you look at and say, uh hey, you know what? Let's see who can go out there and and um and win this thing if they can. You know, um Christian Eckes is gonna start from the poll, by the way. Uh followed by Tyler Ankrum, Brett Moffitt, Austin Hill, Glenn Enfinger, Kyle Bush, Zane Smith, Ben Rhodes, Sheldon Creed, and Johnny Sauter, the top ten. That's what they've announced for uh the Xfinity, uh, the truck series so far, but is there something, Spencer, I'll start with you. Is there something that stands out for you for this truck series race this weekend? I mean, um, there's a, a a lot of teams that are really chomping at the bit to go racing here and get racing consistently um, and kind of spread their wings for the 2020 season and show what they've got. Uh, who stands out to you as far as who could be competitive this weekend? And what are you looking out for, for this truck series race on Saturday?
2: Yeah, I, it's it's definitely going to be, um, you know, depending on, you know, how the, you know, tire, you know, this track's so bad on tires, so, you know, you know, you're going to have these drivers running as hard as they can, um, you know, right after you know, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen laps around there, you know, these first set of tires, you know, get eaten up pretty quick because there's no rubber down, it's a green racetrack. Um, but, you know, you have a lot of, you know, you mentioned, you know, Chase Elliott's in it again, Kyle Busch, um, Ross Chastain, um, you know, three notable guys in NASCAR and, you know, you know, Kyle Busch is dominant. Chase just wanted Charlotte into the bounty in the first week. And then, you know, Ross, he's very competitive in the trucks. If he can have some luck go his way. um, So I I love the truck series. Uh, it produces great racing. You have all these young cats out there trying to make a name for themselves and go out and win races. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, I just I, – I look forward, you know, to the truck racing more than anything. Um, and then, you know, there's a the truck race on Friday, Sunday, Saturday, you know, back, you know, when it was normal, before all this stuff hit and affected everybody. But um, I love truck racing. And, you know, it's, it's, like I said, the young guys out there, they make it exciting. You have a Cup guy come down and the guy, you know, the regulars run them guys really hard, and it just makes for great racing. Um, so I'm excited for that race, and, you know, you just got to watch out for Chase. You know, you could go back to two, and watch out for Ross, Bush. Um, there's a lot of guys you have to watch out for.
1: Yeah, I'm curious. One of the things I'm curious to, to see about this Truck Series race is how Chase Elliott runs because GMS, I think four of their trucks were in the top five last time we ran at Charlotte Motor Speedway, and, and of course Chase went to Victory Lane, and the only other truck that was in the top five that was not a GMS truck was Kyle Busch so I think they got kind of their stuff together here on these mile and a half racetracks um, Philip. what are you looking forward to I mean to me there's so much to take in it and it's because it's just so early in the year uh, but are you what are you looking at for this truck series event um, on Saturday
0: Yeah, I, I'm curious I mean everybody and the focus probably the Kyle Bush versus uh, Chase Elliott, the bounty hunter versus the, the hunted, you know, battle. Everyone's gonna talk about that. Chase says uh, we're gonna talk about him and where he's gonna start on Sunday. Uh, you know, and it's home for him and his family. So that's gonna be the big story. They're gonna probably make a big deal about that. But for me, it's early in this season. It's only the fourth race of the year, of course. I mean, granted, even if we were in a regular situation, like a regular season, they might only have six or seven races because the schedule makes no sense, but I'm curious to see, can a regular get a stage win? Can a regular go and put themselves in position to make something happen? You have Christian Eckes, who's had a rough uh, trial by fire, so to speak, and he's in a and he's in the 18 truck and he's going to be on the pole. I look at Raphael Lassard; He's going to be buried in 19th. Can he make some progress? You know, and those are Kyle Busch trucks. Because, you know, the, their boss is going to get up there within 10 laps. That should be a betting game. Will, will Kyle Busch take the lead within 10 laps? That would be a good problem. But I'm curious as to see, can a regular actually make something happen? And And kind of set the tone for what we should expect to see as the season kind of opens up and some and we get away from the cup regulars being there all the time. Can the likes of Tyler Inkrum or Sheldon Creed or Brett Moffitt, Matt Crafton, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Uh, Ty Majeski driving the nice uh, main Nice truck with the you know, his teammate, Ross Chastain, they they have four trucks. You know, we talked about that yesterday. We talked about it last week, kind of spreading themselves deep thin. They have good race. They have good vehicles. But you wonder if having so many of them is a problem. But that will be one thing, actually. You have Jeff Burton and Ross Chastain starting around each other, and they'll be mid-pack, and they'll have to come up through the field, so that'll be interesting and see how mm-hmm. long it takes them to make positions.
1: Yeah. It really is, and I'll tell you another guy I'm interested to keep, keep an eye on for this um, truck race on on Saturday in, is Stuart Friesian. I mean, he's really gotten off to a difficult start to, to this season. They've switched from uh, GMS chassis and, and engines to accomplish Motorsports chassis and engines so uh, it hasn't really gone that smoothly so far but you know I'm, I'm sure they're optimistic and they're, and they're going to sit there and see if they can go out and win races but right now things aren't looking too hot so I'm curious to see if that trend continues or if Risa says hey you know what we found ourselves we got off some a sluggish start but we're going to go out and, and really compete He's got an opportunity to do that this weekend, but if he doesn't, there's going to be some questions about whether or not Trip Roos is on on the hot seat there uh, and a lot of other things, so that's something to keep an eye on as well. Xfinity Race, of course, um, Equal Park 250, that's going to be Saturday as well. Um, Noah Gregson is on the poll for that event. Then it's Daniel Hemrick, Justin Allgaier, Justin Haley, Harrison Burton, and Riley Herbst The top six. Uh, Ryan Sieg, Austin Cedric, Chase Briscoe, and Brandon Brown in the top ten. Ross Chastain starts 11th. Brandon Jones 12th. Other notables in the field, Brett Moffitt starts 13th. Uh, Michael O'Neill 21st. Um, Joe Nemechek, if you're interested in him, is 28th, a former series champion. A. G. Almendinger is running for um, Colleg Racing, a third car there. He's starting 30th. And Mayan um, Snyder is starting 35th, driving the 93 car, uh, and he's up there in the points as well. So uh, something to keep an eye on. How about Xfinity this week? Philip, uh, what do you expect to see from the Xfinity Series this weekend?
0: Dash for cash. So you, you got Gregson up there uh, trying to go and win a hundred thousand dollars from the pole, and you have three JRM cars, top three. But you have to look at Gibbs and their vehicles and how they're how good they usually are on the cookie cutters. And Harrison Burton starts fifth. And you also have to look at the two Fords, Austin Sindrick and Chase Frisco. Chase Frisco is a points leader. And the last time they were on a really rough racetrack, the 98 1 at Darlington. So, and he has a win at Las Vegas, which was a one and a half mile racetrack. Sindrick, for what, you know, looking like Gumby and being moderately talented, has actually worked decent this year. Uh, The finishes haven't probably went his way. So you would have to look at this is kind of a place to see where these regulars can actually make a name for themselves and get some points, get some stage points. Uh, Chris Bell, the last couple of years, has been dominant in this race and uh, done work. So I would venture to say that somebody who wants to compete for this championship should do work here on Saturday afternoon at Atlanta. Yeah, this is one of the most, to me, one of the most important races
1: of the year just because we see so many mile-and-a-half tracks in the Xfinity Series. Dash your cash, no cup guys down, an Xfinity race, you know, really much just an Xfinity race. Um, and this is where you can start seeing, separating the championship contenders from the pretenders. Um, and I do think Briscoe, it plays right into his hands. It's it's he's a dirt track guy. Uh racetrack wears down. He'll he'll be he'll get better and better. Uh how about you, Phil? uh how about you, Spencer? I'm sorry. Um in, in the Xfinity race. I mean, junior motorsports has looked really strong this year. We saw it at Bristol, uh both all and Gregson were good. Hemrick ran okay. Unfortunately for um for Michael Onetti, he didn't get a chance really to show his stuff. He got involved in an early wreck there, but June Motorsports seems to have a little bit more speed. Chastain will be interested to see if he can keep up, uh, you know, and get back into a, a little bit of a rhythm here. And Ryan Sieg who's had a good start okay. this year as well. Um, who do you think can be competitive here, and what do you expect to see for the Xfinity race on Saturday?
2: Yeah, this is, this is you know, not your ordinary Um mile and a half just because of the tire wear that i mentioned you know you know you're really like you mentioned you're really going to be able to see who has a really good car and who can really drive a racetrack like this you know because about lap 15 your tires are shot um you know and that's what i mentioned last time you know these boys are really going to be driving um you're really going to have to wheel those cars um at least for the you know first or second set um because there is, it is a green racetrack. So. Uh, very interesting to see, you know, you mentioned the Chevys have been strong, you know, they're starting, uh, you know, they're lining up one, two, three, um, you know, at the start of this thing and, you know, Noah last week, you know, last race winner, um, in Bristol and Hemrick, you know, he was also close at Charlotte. Um, and he really needs a win. You know, I, you know, I'm not saying he's the best race car driver, but I'm not saying that he's the worst, you know, I think he has a little bit of talent. Um, he's just, you know, he's made the final four twice when he was over at RCR in the South Point 21 car. Um, so, he, you know, he really needs some luck go his way. Um, and, you know, as bad as it sounds, you know, when you sit there and say he's ran all three national series and hasn't won a race, you know, you kind of go, oof. And, you know, he's already been in the cup series, hasn't won in the cup series. He's back down in the Xfinity series. If you don't win here, the odds of you going back to cup are slim to none. You know, you know, in these days in racing, you you know, you have to win to keep your ride. That's just how it is. Um, it's it's money. It's sponsor driven. Um, so he he really needs to run good. And I'm you know, I, and plus he's you know, he's in Chevy, and I love Chevy, and um, I'd like to see the Chevys win. You know, he's running up for Dale. Um, I'd like to see him get a win. But um, you know, and then you got Gibbs. You know, there's, the Xfinity Series has a lot of good cars. Um, a lot. You know. A lot of good, you know, a lot of the cup teams, you know, own these teams down here. Um, and it's just a lot of good racing and a lot of young talent. So it's really hard to say, you know, you got all guy or a few veterans mixed in. Um, but it's, it, you know, Xfinity is really is a mixed package. So it's, uh, we'll have mm-hmm. to see, you know, there's a lot of fast guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, your point about how, how to me is well
1: taken. I think, um, I think I like to get a lot. But he's got to start winning because this is what he went down here for to the Xfinity Series and got into junior motorsports was the chance to prove that he can win races and get back to the Cup Series. And eventually he's going to have to do that and uh, hopefully – and not even just win, but to me, this year at least, go up there. And what I want to see from him this weekend, if I'm a Daniel Hamrick fan, is run in the top five consistently, say, hey, you know what? We can compete with with these other guys in the Xfinity Series because right now he seems like he's a step below – uh, those guys as far as everything going together. And I know he's sharing that ride, so it's not 100% the same way, but he's in that car for 22 races this year. So it's not like he's only running like, uh, he's got a good chunk of it. So I, I want to see a step in the right direction for Hemrick for sure. I agree with you. Cup Series race, guys, of course, it's that Sunday at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Uh, if you missed it, they drew for starting positions today in the Cup Series race as well. It's Chase Elliott's on the pole. Eric Amarillo will start second. Then it's Joey Logano, Kyle Busch, and Clint Boyer the top five, Brad Kozlowski, Ryan Blaney, Alex Bowman, Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin round at the top ten, Martin Tricks, Jr., 11th, Kurt Bush, 12th, Chris Buescher, 13th, Eric Jones, 14th, Jimmy Johnson, 15th, Austin Dillon, 16th, Ryan Newman, 17th, John Hunter 18th, Matt Kenseth starts 19th, and William Byron, 20th, other notables, Matt DiBenedetto 21st, Bubba Wallace starts 23rd, um, Chris Bell starts 27th, uh, and Michael McDowell starts 36th, uh, and, of course, Dana Suarez back in 37th. 40-car field again this weekend, full field. Um, Spencer, I'll start with you this time just because we got him with Philip the last two times. Cup race, uh, so much out there. So, there's so many guys who can where you can see this have a good day. These guys have a good day. Uh, a couple of guys that stand out for you, though, uh, at Atlanta this weekend in the Cup Series event.
2: I don't think you can mention, uh, Atlanta without Kevin Harvick. Um, that line that he runs on the bottom is serious. Um, he's really got that bottom lane dialed out, um, where his, you know, the corner of his splitter is actually below the line. You know, he really just hooks the bottom of that and is really dominant there. Um, and then Brad, um, he's, you know, he's pretty good there. You know, he's got a couple wins. Um, you know, those are when I, you know, when I saw that we were going to Atlanta, um, you know, I those are the two guys that really popped in my mind. And then Elliot starting on the pole, hometown, as fast as he's been, that seems a little fishy to me, starting on the pole and he's from Georgia. But no, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, you gotta really watch out for him too. He's got a fast hot rod and he's already starting up front. He's not like he has to work his way through the field. Um, so you gotta really watch out for him, you know. He's he's really a championship contender and I'm not going to you know, I'm not gonna sit here and Every race week that comes up, Chase Elliott pops in my mind because he's that good right now. He's coming out of his shell. Um, You don't mind really kind of telling you how it is, and he's he's really changed, and preferred the good way. I think it's great. Um, So those three guys I think you're really going to have to watch out for, and you better put them in your fantasy this week.
1: Hey Philip, uh, what about you? A couple of guys that you think might um, run really good here at Atlanta Motor Speedway in the Cup Series event tonight uh, on Sunday? Yeah, you have
0: to go and look at the veterans. Yeah, guys that have won there before. As Spencer mentioned, you talk about Kevin Harvick and his ability to run the low line is well uh, been well reported, and it's going to be the case. On um, Sunday, for sure, he has a good starting spot. Brad Keselowski has won there multiple times in the auto trader car, so that's another one to look at. I would uh, venture to say that, I, I mean, we have to focus on Toyota uh, when you consider that they've dominated. They've been the dominant force ever since steam, really, um, when is Kyle Bush going to win? When is Martin Truex going to win with his new crew Danny Hamlin has won two races, but when you consider the kind of stuff that's had to happen for him to win those two races, can he actually win one on Mary? And then you consider Eric Jones, you consider Christopher Bell, who's a rookie, trying to go and win his first career cup race at one of his better racetracks ever since he's come the pavement, uh, you, I would say that that would be a story we have to look at as we go into this next segment of the schedule. What is Toyota going to do? And, uh, you know, I, it's a veteran's track. It's a track where if a young guy can do well there, it's really showing you what they have in terms of talent.
1: For sure. And, and again, there's going to be some opportunities for these teams and these guys to really go out and, uh and and prove themselves. I'm curious to see what we're going to get from Tyler Reddick this week. Um, he's a, a nice young uh, rookie driver who's done a very good job this year. Again, John Hunter, we kind of talked about him earlier, about how good he's been. Um, and it's something I'm curious about for this race, and, and I know I said I'd get to this and it's late in the show, but something I want to mention here quick before we sign off. Um, you know, I feel like these teams, when, they, when the pandemic, when we came back from the pandemic, and we started running those races in a row. A lot of those cars were built before we we went and uh, went on a hiatus. You know, and these guys wouldn't couldn't really be in the shop. They really weren't building race cars and getting them ready. So you know, those cars that we saw a lot of these bigger teams running were f- built back in March or uh, February, March. And now we've kind of had um, you guys back in the shop a little bit, and they're going to bring in, in this week off here. I think you're going to see a lot of these bigger teams bring the most updated race cars possible to Atlanta Motor Speedway. Now, how is that going to change things? It's a good question. Will we see Toyota perform better? Will we see Martin Truex Jr. and James Small really spread their wings? Will Chevrolet still be as good as they've been? Uh, Will some of these smaller teams like Front Row Motorsports, which has taken a step in the right direction this year, will they continue to do that? It's going to be very interesting to see. You know, so uh, I am I think Atlanta, in a lot of ways, it's going to sort of kick off this second, what I call like this second group of races here um, in this brand new t- style of, of no practice, no qualifying sort of racing we've seen here since the, since the pandemic. Um, and I'm very curious to see how it all plays out this weekend. I want to thank everybody for listening to Talking Circus tonight. Great job, as always, by Philip Matthew and Spencer Cowan. We'll see you next time, guys. Good night.